0: On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant Vibrant. music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for For music music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this week we're talking about making money your friend. there lovely teachers welcome to this month's topic this new month so a new topic and we're talking all about business and money things so don't run away (laughs) i want you to make money your friend which is why i'm starting with this particular topic and i hope this serves as a primer for the rest of the month So why am I talking to you about making money your buddy? Well, if you already are on top of your finances, you feel like you have a good relationship with money, and you just feel like, well, I'm making as much as I want to, and I know where I sit, and I follow my budget, and everything's going peachy, then fine, skip this episode. You may even skip this whole month. You have my full permission. However, I'm imagining that that's not most of you. And there are several different reasons why you might be struggling with money right now. But there are three top reasons that I see cropping up as the underlying reason behind what teachers are saying a lot of the time. So, let me know if you identify with any of these. Number 1, you are an artist. Number two, you're on a mission. And number three, you identify as female or a woman. So I'm going to keep this episode free of me getting on any kind of tangents or rants. So let's stick to those three topics and not go into them in too much detail because there are things I could talk about for a while, especially that last one, which might have been a bit of a curveball for you. But if you identify as one of those three things, a person on a mission, an artist or a woman, then you might be having some troubles around money that you are blaming yourself for. And that's exactly what I don't want. In the Western society in general and in many other parts of the world as well, if you have one of these three traits or all of them, you tend to have been taught that you should not really think about money, that maybe you shouldn't make very much money, and that basically money should be neither seen nor heard in your life and from you. But today we're going to walk up to money and ask it to be our friend. Because if we examine each of these, I'm sure you don't really agree with them. They're just things that have been baked into your brain by the world That we need to unbake? Is unbaking a thing? I feel like that might mean something I don't mean. But anyway, let's tackle them one by one so we can make sure we don't agree with them. We'll start with the one that really could send me off on a feminist tangent, but I won't get off on one. (laughs) The reason I wanted to bring up the female thing, though, is because it's the truth. The truth is that women are taught by the reality of the world that they cannot should not will not make as much money now you may have not been taught this in any explicit way i'm sure i hope you haven't been but many many of music teachers the majority of music teachers that i meet are women and there is a pay gap it's different in different countries, but it pretty much exists almost everywhere. And the pay gap is not just, as I see it anyway, about the, little, the literal pay gap between people doing the same job, although that still exists, which is shocking that it's still around. But it's not just that. It's also that the professions that women tend to do more, like teaching, tend to be valued less financially. And there's nothing actually less valuable about teaching or nursing or any of the other professions that tend to have more women than men. But yet here we are. They are paid less. So if you agree with that, if you think that that's fine and that's how the world should be, I'm going to invite you to stop listening because honestly, I don't think I'm the voice for you. But assuming you agree with me, let's keep going. We don't think women, and if that's you, this includes you, should be paid less for doing the same work or that the work that we tend to do and be good at should be valued less. So going in reverse again, let's talk about this idea of a mission, The fact that because we're on a mission or we have a greater purpose, which might be spreading music into people's lives, creating lifelong musicians, creating art and artists, or helping students with learning differences to improve their learning outcomes in school through music. I mean, we have a variety of different objectives that can be considered sort of mission oriented or mission-based and that's another one of those things that i believe society has taught us that if you're doing something with a mission behind it you shouldn't be paid as much as someone who isn't but let's think about that don't we want the best people to do this kind of work not just our work but let's take it out of our sector for a moment let's talk about charities You know, often charity people working in the charity sector, let's say in marketing, are paid less than those working in another sector doing the same job. And when you really step back and look at that, you think, wait, hang on a second. I see the argument for not bloating the pay of people in the charity sector. But don't we want the best marketers to be working for the charity versus for, I don't know, oil. (laughs) I mean, when we really look at it, it doesn't make sense. So it's one of those things that when you take it through to its conclusion, you end up tying yourself in knots and realizing your first instinct wasn't quite right. So the fact that you're on a mission, that you have some belief in some greater cause, shouldn't mean that you're not paid properly. In fact, it should mean that you're paid very fairly so that you can keep doing the work that you're doing because it's important and we want good people doing good work. And then the first one I mentioned, the idea of being an artist. This is probably one of the most pervasive, but maybe one of the most talked about, which is why I left it for last in this little list. (laughs) The starving artist mentality, right? The idea that you're not a real artist if you care about making profit, if you want to pay your bills and be able to afford reasonably priced new clothes when you need them. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I think we, everyone listening here, can agree that we want artists in the world, don't we? We want there to be art. Whatever form that takes, we want there to be music, we want there to be visual art, we want there to be uh, performances and drama and all of these things. So if we want there to be art, we need there to be artists to create it. And we need those artists to have time to create it. And if they are so focused on paying their bills, paying down their credit card debt, or finding the money to be able to afford a down payment for a mortgage so that they're not stuck in the rental market if they want to get out of that. Just as an example, if their mind is so preoccupied with that, they go into a different, a completely different mindset, which is completely consumed by scarcity. There isn't enough money, there isn't enough money. This is just what happens when you don't have enough money. I mean, this is something that's been studied your brain switches into overdrive on that thing and it can't focus on anything else. It's just going round and round and round saying, I can't buy enough petrol this month or I can't afford diapers. So how could those people possibly create art under the circumstances? And even if they can, even if we've seen artists who have gone through hard times and they've still produced amazing things, I don't think that's an argument. I don't think you have to be tortured to create art. I believe that if those artists, at least a majority of them, had been provided for properly, if they had have been able to put food on the table, pay their bills, afford health care, that they could have created even more art. Humanity needs you to create beautiful things and to teach other people, in this case, to create beautiful things. Don't you agree? Because otherwise, where are they going to come from? This is part of our mission. So, I know that statement might have made you blush, but we need artists. And if you consider yourself to be one, or to be creating some, in your studio, then those people need you to make money. And so do the other people, by the way. The people making the big money. The folks trading on Wall Street or investing in Silicon Valley unicorns. They have nothing to play with. They have no toys left if we don't keep creating things and keep bringing up a new generation of people who can think creatively. There's just nothing left. They're only playing with other people's ideas. So the fact that you think you shouldn't make money, or that if you try to make money, you're taking away from being an artist, well, it's just nonsense, isn't it? So let's try to ditch that mentality together. Now, I realize it is so baked into your brain that it's really hard to do that. And you may have agreed with everything I've said so far, or the majority of it. But still not be able to move on and really face your finances, especially if you've dug yourself into a little bit of a hole or these ideas from society have had you dig a hole for yourself. So to help you face it, I'm going to give you one more perspective. And that is about your students. Now, I don't think this needs to be the reason for you to take your finances seriously and look after yourself properly. I believe you deserve that just for you. But I know teachers, and I know that this might help you to overcome that. So that's why I'm giving you this extra perspective. So the truth is that your students need you to make money. Let's just do a thought experiment and say that you made your lessons, their lessons, free. Well, okay, assuming you don't have a patron, you have to take on a day job now to pay your bills because you, you know, you can't live on the street. So you have to take on a day job to pay your bills. Let's say you do that. Well, now you can't teach as many lessons per week. You're just busy more. So you can only teach a few lessons a week. So already we've reduced your availability to students, even though the lessons are free. You're probably also going to be a lot more tired for these lessons and let's face it, less prepared because you just won't have the time to prepare for lessons in all of the ways that you do that with admin, with listening to this podcast, with um, researching different repertoire, all of the things you do. So if you had a choice between yourself now and the teacher who makes their lessons free which one would you choose? I know my number one choice would be the teacher who was fed and rested and focused. And if that's not you right now, that's why you need to get there. You need to do it for yourself. But if it's tough to do it just for you, you need to do it for your students. You will be a better teacher. And bonus, parents who pay for lessons properly pay for lessons at you know, market rates at reasonable rates that are not undercutting anybody, they are more likely to support their child better in home practice. Not guaranteed, there are many other factors that go into that, which we've talked about on the podcast and will continue to do so. But they're more likely to invest in home practice because they're investing money in lessons. People think completely differently about things that are free or cheap, Versus the way they think about things that they pay good money for. So the next time you're feeling icky talking about money or thinking about money or making a budget, remind yourself that this will ultimately serve your students as well as you. If you're ready to make friends with money, you need to set yourself a budget and some goals and start to track things better. We have several different resources that can help you do that. Just search for... Uh, The budget, so we have a whole post about budgeting for your studio. I have another one about making steady income. And I did a podcast before about the word profitable, which might also be useful for you going along with this episode. Once you have a budget and goals and a tracking system in place, look at it regularly. Don't let yourself become that distant Facebook friends with money, right? Stay in touch. Stay in their lives. Check your finances, not obsessively, but let's say once a week so that you know what's going on and you can adjust as you go rather than at the end of the year looking back on it and saying, what happened? (laughs) Right? Let's stay close with money and develop a really good relationship. Your one thing of the week this week depends on your current status with money. So if you've never set up a budget before, I want you to spend some time this week doing that. If you've already got a budget in place or some kind of system like that, find one thing that you could be tracking more closely or facing more squarely and making friends with and take a look at that. hope you enjoyed this episode beautiful teachers i think it was an important one let me know your thoughts on it i'd love to hear from you either on instagram or facebook at colorful keys or on the comments that go along with this episode on the article i'll see you next week if you liked this episode you would absolutely love vibrant music teaching membership we have the support and the training you need to take your teaching further. Join us today by going to vmt.ninja and signing up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.